Welcome to the Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Denise Lee, and I'm a coach, a speaker, and advisor dedicated to help you transform and improve your life. And today, we're going to be talking all about love, specifically how to be available for love. If you ever have caught yourself chasing after men or women, depending on your gender, obviously, and your sexual preference, and you just feel as if you can't find anyone who wants to love you for who you are, listen to today's episode. We're going to be talking about being available for love. This is a must listen if you are seeking to be in a long-term, compatible relationship with someone that you have awesome chemistry for. So we're going to dive into all of that coming to you after this short break. Hey, 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 and we're back. So glad that you are here and plugged in. If this is your very first time listening, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button. That way, as soon as I drop a new episode, you'll be able to listen to it lickety split. And for those of you guys who have been listening and have been joined the Kool-Aid and been drinking it up, (laughs) thank you so much. Make sure that you go ahead and share this podcast with someone you know that could also benefit from this advice. The Introverted Entrepreneur Podcast is not just designed for introverts. It's not just designed for entrepreneurs. It's designed for anyone who wants to up-level, improve, redefine, and scale their business and their life into new and powerful levels. So I just want to make sure that you help other people reach their goals if that is something you know that they desire. And lastly, if you would like to connect with me, feel free to reach out with me. There is a link in the comment section below, info.denisegelee.com slash connect, where you can reach me access other podcast episodes, and just stay connected with me. Also, if you would love to leave a voicemail message, you can also do that as well. The link is in the show notes below. Please be sure to leave your name, your hometown, and what you've been enjoying about this podcast. Now, let's dive into this idea about being available for love. If you're interested in learning more about it in more details, Make sure that you check out Amazing Attitude. Amazing Attitude is a 21-day program where we look at all parts of your life, including your love life, and see how you can make yourself available on a higher and deeper level. Check that out, Amazing Attitude, only available through the link and the show notes below. Okay, I want to just say before we just dive into this, that I myself have struggled with being available for love for many different reasons, for many different years. And, you know, even though I've been in a marriage right now for about 10 years, going on 11 years, I will not sit here and say that knowing how to love and being lovable, it was not an easy thing. And I find that a lot of women, modern day women, are also struggling with this. Guys, you may be listening as well. And don't tune out because I've got some advice for you as well. But I just want to speak from this perspective of a woman, but there's definitely some wisdom that can be obtained as you're listening to this. And if you would like to add in some comments for an updated podcast in the future, feel free to reach out with me. Because I definitely know there's going to be people who are going to have very strong feelings based on what I have to say. But here, here we go. Let's talk about me for a little second and give a little background to you so you understand a little bit more about my perspective and what's going on with me. So I had not had a close relationship with either one of my parents, especially with my father. My father was very distant, even though my father more or less raised me uh, since I was four, when I was 14 to the point where I left his house, or actually he left, but that's a 
a longer story to explain to that. But what I'm trying to say is that I didn't really, despite the fact that I live primarily with my father, my father was very recluse emotionally and he was more preoccupied with his own problems and his own worries. I did not have a relationship at all with my mother for various reasons, one of which was of incest issues as well as the fact that she more or less abandoned me. She didn't want to raise me at four, at 14. And so I didn't have a real close relationship with either one. And the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning this and I'm mentioning the significance of this is that t- typically we seek unconsciously, whether we like it or not, to seek up a, a romantic partner that's very similar to what we experienced in our childhood. So for heterosexual Women were seeking for relationships that are would model or very similar to the relationship that they had with their father, right? For heterosexual men, this, they're looking for the relationships that are more similar to the relationship that they had with their mother. No matter how you dice it or slice it, it always kind of falls back to that. So every time I talk with clients in a private session, I always ask them, please tell me about the relationship that you had with your parents. Because that'll be very illuminating to understand and unpack about how you treat different people in all areas, romantic, professional. It doesn't really matter. It all goes back to those issues. But anyway, I didn't have that kind of close relationship, intimate relationship with my father where I could share my concerns or my fears or just anything that was going wrong with me. He always felt distant because he was always preoccupied with whatever drama that was going on in his life. And as such, I repeat the same pattern. I primarily dated men who were philanderers or they just treated me bad. They didn't make or keep agreements. They couldn't, I couldn't have a relationship that lasted more than two months on average. And as soon as I thought that things were going well, I personally sabotaged it with my fears and insecurities. I would call them frequently, all hours of the day. Sometimes it didn't really matter. I always didn't feel secure. That insecurity really came from me and not from them because I if I had to be honest, I had a heat map out looking for men who did not embody the characteristics of a mature man who wanted to be emotionally, physically, sexually, spiritually available in a romantic relationship. You need a, a partner. It doesn't matter if you're a heterosexual or homosexual man or woman. You need someone who can be able to provide a place of safety and comfort and understanding and mutual respect. And if it's not there, then it's not going to happen. And as such, I I struggled and I couldn't really figure out what to do. I remember everyone around me constantly say to me, he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. Why are you attracted to all these bad guys? And I didn't really understand why. I just knew it was making me sad, but I didn't understand why. And I remember talking with a client about this issue yesterday. And she was telling me that, you know, despite the fact that she's very successful in her career, despite the fact that she has a lot of university degrees and she's very accomplished professionally, but she just can't find a man to stay in a long-term relationship with. And part of the reasons was, she said that she was raised by her parents to be very strong and very independent. And it's it's very difficult for her to be able to find a man that's also strong. So she finds herself married in relationships, not <laughs> she hasn't married yet, but find herself in relationships with guys who just 
are incapable or unwilling for lots of reasons to be with her in a long-term relationship. And she's really despondent about them. We're working through a lot of the issues behind that. But what I'm trying to say to you right now is oftentimes it always goes back to those origin roots. And I know that it may feel uncomfortable for sure because it may bring up feelings that you haven't quite really want to process or perhaps you want to sweep it on the rug because it feels overwhelming. But let me just say this. Imagine suppressing your feelings as if you are pushing your a coil down, 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 down into the earth or to the ground, right? And the more you start to try to suppress it or ignore it, or deny it, the more strong the feelings that you're suppressing will become. And when you actually finally release it due to overwhelm or stress or frustrations, then it actually is becoming more worse. So what I would like to do is advise you to take courses like Amazing Attitude or enroll in a private coaching with me or or anyone, I don't care what you do, but just to talk with someone, process it in a way that it doesn't feel overwhelming. A lot of times we just try to buy it away with clothing and materials or watch it away or drink it away or drug it away. And I'm just telling you right now that while you may try to avoid it short term, it's always there lurking in the background, kind of like a monster lurking in behind the shadow. And I don't, I want you to be able right now in your present day to find the people and the things that are can really love you for you. Being available really at the core is being available for yourself and being available for yourself is asking yourself the really deep questions about who am I? What have I been attracted to? What patterns did I observe? I have seen so many times, especially with women, where they observed their mother literally being verbally abused by the maybe the father, who knows, or or, parent, or father figure in the home, and they observed it and just thought, okay, well, that's normal. You know, it's normal to be yelled, verbally abused, emotionally abused by the person that is in a relationship with you. And I want to let you know is that's not true. That's a lie. And I just want to debunk these lies that we just never wanted to question because it was we couldn't ask the question because we couldn't formulate the words when we were young. And as an adult, it seems as if there's a lock and a padlock, a padlock <laughs> around the issue of opening the door about what happened when we ask these questions. And I want more of these conversations. I want more of this honesty. And so what we're going to do in the time that we have left is we're going to be talking about some ideas about how we have stopped ourselves from being available to other people in a romantic relationship, okay? We need to obviously listen to this podcast again because I want to make sure that you really hear what I have to say and that if one particular point is really hitting you, that bears more attention, more focus on, okay? So the first thing that I want to talk with you about is the idea of being too strong to be led. And I find this specifically with women. Now, there could also be with men who wish to not be the dominant energy in a homosexual relationship. I don't really know. It just depends. But let's, let me just break it down and explain what I'm talking about. I am so utterly grateful for first wave feminists. 
the original suffrage movement. I am so grateful that I have the ability to vote, to own a job, to have a job, to own a business, to be able to have my rights recognized as a fully autonomous person. Now, we lived in a day and age where those rights weren't recognized. They weren't appreciated. But there was reasons behind that. It was common that the family lineage was passed from man to man to man. Women really weren't involved in careers or in business or politics or anything because their duty was more or less established in ruling the home, which there's a lot of power within the home structure, by the way. I do not want to diminish that value at all. But a lot of women, because they were abandoned or unable to be taken care of by the men, needed to be able to have the privileges and the respect of running businesses, being career woman, you know, all that good stuff. So here's the thing. I think for, and we've taken that to a wild level right now where we have had so many accomplishments with women running Fortune 500 companies, running households, all the stuff, right? Nothing wrong with it. But if a woman wants to be led by a strong man, it's mutually incompatible. So this is the part where I might get some angry emails. <laughs> but here we go. I'm just going to just put it out there and say that mo- a strong woman will resent the idea of being submissive, passive, and vulnerable to the direction of a man if she has been so accustomed to getting the degrees, getting what she wants, starting up the business, starting up whatever that she wanted to do, and not having anyone control her time, her schedule, her commitments. And it's hard to, as a woman who is so used to being strong and powerful at work and in so many of the areas, to be more of a submissive Role. Now, I'm not saying being a doormat because I think a lot of people think submissive means doormat. No, it doesn't mean a doormat is where that you are unable or unwilling to recognize your needs and wants and express them to another person. That's being a doormat. You're unwilling or unable for whatever reason. What submissive means is that you are entering in a relationship with someone who also who cherishes your feelings, values your input, right? But ultimately, there can be only one leader in a relationship. When you've got two people who are leading and jockeying for power, it's bound to be fights, it's bound to be quarrels. But if you want a relationship, it has to be more of a waltz, right? And less of a bullfight with two people going into a ring, sparring again, sparring against each other, trying to jockey for power. I don't want to talk about that kind of interaction. I'm talking about the interaction where we're allowing ourselves to let somebody else take the lead, okay? Now, this, again, might feel as if I am trying to uh, hate on women, even though I'm a woman, or I don't want women to be successful, and I don't want, or women don't, I don't want women to get what they want. I'm not saying any of that, so I just want to make sure we clear that all up, because I don't want to have silly little email messages from people saying to me, oh, Denise, are you saying that a woman can't speak what she wants? No, I didn't say that she can't. I'm saying that it's the way that you speak that can communicate to a man whether or not he even wants the job of being the man of your life. Okay. So if we're going to be available, we're going to have to ask ourselves, are we putting up roadblocks and defenses and all sorts of stuff that actually alienate good men that want what we want because we live in a day and age where 
men are loving the fact that women are more aggressive and competing and conquering, controlling. And they're like, hey, if you want to be the leader of the family, leader of everything, I'm just going to sit at home and watch and play Xbox while you go to the office all day. Now, here's the thing. There's some men who legit want to be taken care of. There's some men legit who are more sensitive and they don't want to have the dominant role. Artists, musicians, teachers, people who are just more of in more of nurturing creative roles typically aren't aggressive. Typically. I mean, obviously there's exceptions to the rule. Okay. So that all being said, if you find yourself attracted to people who are more submissive and, and you find yourself always kind of running the show, ask yourself if you are showing that you are more of a leader than they are. And then you're wondering why there's some imbalance. Well, I mean, there can be really one leader. There's only one alpha. There's one alpha and there's one beta. Alpha means the strong, the stronger and the beta more the weaker. Nothing wrong with that. You just have to choose who you want to be in this relationship and have your eyes wide open and understand how that impacts that relationship. Okay. Second thing I want to talk with you is, are we dating unqualified people? I was looking at a post the other day. And it was saying that women with college degrees are crying over men who only have a birth certificate. And open your eyes, my girl. And I, I was thinking on rereading and rereading that post. And it's so poignant in today's day where I see so many women and men too who are chasing, pining after the affections of someone who's more or less demonstrated through their behavior, through their character. They can't date either because they are committed to their personal goals, right? Or with, I need to lose weight or I need to focus on getting my act together or I need to finish my degree or I need to work on my mental health. There's so many reasons. And a lot of us have, because of our feelings of fear of getting close and being intimate, we're just dating people. We're just getting attracted into these situations with people who have shown, hey, I can't do anything. I'm sorry. But we try to force the issue because it feels better to be loved by someone who can't love us than have no one at all. And that's really something that needs to be investigated a little bit deeper about the reasons behind that. If you want a man that it's strong, but you don't want to you want to control everything, for example, you're not going to find a stronger man. I'm sorry. You're going to be the strong man. You're going to be attracted to someone who wants the compliment of you. We date people who are complementary, meaning that we're not exactly the same in terms of our strengths and the weaknesses. That's why it's a compliment. It's a yin and the yang. We balance each other out. Now, if you are finding yourself only attracted to people who can't manage their their finances, their their life is a hot mess, or they don't want to commit to anything long term, and you just bounce from one guy or one girl to another girl, and it seems a common thread, you're gonna to have to ask yourself: Are you addicted to pain? Are you addicted to being unlovable? And there's lots of 
reasons behind those deeper core values issues. And but I just wanted to say that if you find yourself when I say a string, I'm talking about multi years. If you can examine your life and think about different things, I was thinking about one particular male client, and he was you know he had a career, but he also was uh, struggling with his romantic relationship, and he had a uh, fiance. And there were so many red flags with this particular woman that he was dating. The woman had huge problems being honest. She was withholding information. She was very demanding and strict that about the time that they, they spent time with. There's absolutely no negotiation. For example, I'm only available on Thursdays at 6 p.m. no matter what. She, he, could, he couldn't call her more than X amount of times. Come to find out later, the woman was still living with her ex-husband, perhaps even still current husband. I don't really know. What I'm trying to say is that he, after we were talking about this more and more, my client was saying, you know, I have a string of always dating women who just mistreat, misabuse, and I I provide her money. I provide her so much things. And they just, I just feel like I'm a doormat, and I, and I don't know why. And to come to find out, this particular client grew up in a, 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 a very abusive family. Her, his mother was an alcoholic and just a lot of dysfunction that was going on. And so now we're working to repair his, his idea of what love really is and how to receive love. Because for a lot of us who have been damaged so deeply from our interactions, it doesn't even have to be in alcoholism. It could be your one parent was a workaholic. Oh, another parent was just more consumed with their own personal affairs. It doesn't have to necessarily be alcoholism. There's also forms of neglect. Okay. That's a form of abuse as well. So I just want to just air that out there. So the last thing that I want to talk with you about and this idea of how how can we be more available is are are we going to be committed to pleasing others? Or self-love, pleasing ourselves. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times we have been afraid of saying no because we're afraid of being rejected. But here's the thing. Because really we're afraid of inflicting pain on somebody else. But here's the thing. If you are afraid of inflicting pain on someone else, you're bound to inflict pain on yourself sooner or later. So this is where you have to ask yourself the real answer God goodness question is, am I afraid of receiving the love that I need? The only way we know that we love ourselves or anybody else is the commitments that we choose to make and keep. And the primary commitment that you always have to ask yourself is, am I making the commitment to truly cherish and love myself for who I am and what I need and what what will provide me sustenance emotionally, sexually, and spiritually? And if we are in a situation when we are unwilling or unable to be honest about what we need, what we want, what we find acceptable or unacceptable, and we just let anybody momentarily roll over our emotional boundaries, our boundaries are where we understand where we end and another person begins, where we understand about what we can and cannot do in a a romantic relationship. This is what I'm talking about. So many times that we've grown up in a situation where we were abused or neglected or mistreated or whatever was going on, we've been taught more or less in the unspoken words that we don't deserve love. Therefore, let's find anybody who will replicate those terrible, bad feelings. I don't want that for you. I don't want you to be living a life where you're not being respected for what you do as a man 
or as a woman, if that's what you want, or being cherished for your feelings. I want you to be very clear and intentional about about what you need or what you need primarily and what you want in a relationship. So let's kind of just recap everything that we talked about is, you know, again, it always being available for love always goes back to that core issue of what has happened in your origin, what has happened in your childhood. And Amazing Attitude does a great job of kind of analyzing your background so that you can be able to be in tune with your emotions and understand where those core feelings came from. A lot of us are being are too strong to be led because we have been taught to shoulder the burden of everything and everyone around us and not be able to even consider our own needs and our own insecurities and what what else is going on and for a lot of us because of that we date unqualified unavailable people who just can't demonstrate for whatever reason their ability to be mature responsible adults in a relationship with you and for some of us we have been committed to feeling pain to replicate those same feelings here's the thing our our subconscious desperately wants to put things in completion. If we have a lot of unresolved feelings from our childhood, we will bring it into our relationships over and over and over again until the lessons learned. So I just want you to be committed to analyzing that and seeing yourself away and through that so you can live a fully and healthy life. And the last thing is, I want to ask you, are you committed to pleasing others, being codependent, or are you committed to self-love where you make and keep agreements to understanding and respecting the boundaries that keep you emotionally safe well that's it was there something that i said about being available for love that really hits you or tell me is there a way you show to others romantic or otherwise that you have self-love for yourself what kind of boundaries do you put up that's emotionally and psychologically good for you let me know Well, that's it. Make sure that you share this podcast with someone else if you found value with it. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be awesome.